at the end of the day, you are the one who's waking up in your body and you are the one going to sleep in your body. And nobody else can be responsible for that motivation or for your choices to take care of your body. So it's really worthwhile since we get one body in this lifetime for you to find a way to feel motivated to take care of it. Welcome to the About Health and Hormones podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Allen, a recovered sugar addict turned certified nutrition coach on a mission to help women learn how to balance their hormones and optimize their fertility. On this podcast, we have conversations with experts about all things health, hormones, wellness, nutrition, and more to give you the information, tips, and tricks you need to take control of your health and feel amazing in your body. I am so happy that you're here and I can't wait to dive in. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the About Health and Hormones podcast. I'm so excited that you're here for this episode because I feel like a lot of us could use this right now because today we're going to talk about how to take care of your health when you just have no motivation to do it. And part of why I wanted to do this episode now is because it's February. No matter when you're listening to this episode, I feel like it could be appropriate at any time of year since motivation comes and goes. But I feel like especially in February, this is where we see all of that New Year's energy, that fresh energy and motivation that you have when you're setting your goals for the new year that lasts for like two weeks. And then life happens and things get busy and resistance comes up. And by February, a lot of people have lost their motivation and kind of fallen off track. And I'll tell you, if you go back a couple of episodes, if you listened to my episode on how to make 2024 your healthiest year yet, I was like bursting with motivation. I was so excited to get into this good routine. And I did, I started for like two weeks and then everybody in my home got hit with some virus. I don't know, honestly, if it was COVID or if it was the flu or something else. Um, But we were just all super sick. My kids were super sick. I was like literally in bed with a crazy fever for a week and a half. It was horrible. It turned into a sinus infection. I tried all the natural herbal vitamin remedies that I could find. And eventually I just got on antibiotics because I could not even function and I felt so horrible. And that cleared it up for the most part, although I'm still like, I'm still not a hundred percent, but this happens a lot. And I see this happen a lot when I start working with my clients. When I work with people one-on-one, we work together for about 10 weeks. And usually people first call me up and they have a ton of motivation to make changes in their health. And they're all ready to like do the stuff and the meal prep and change their eating habits. And they're so excited at our first session. And maybe for like the first two, three weeks, they're on this high because they're doing something new and it feels really big and really exciting. And then something comes up, whether it's some kind of external resistance, like you get sick or you're traveling, or something happens with work, and you get really busy, but real life resumes, and then a lot of times the motivation is gone, and you're like, wait a second, (laughs) trying to take care of my health is hard, and it's time-consuming, and it's annoying, and it's not convenient, and a lot of my clients end up asking me this question at some point, like, how do I keep going with this when the motivation is gone? Because it's so much easier to ride that high in the beginning but once it goes away and then you start to fall off the wagon, 
it's really hard to get back on track with your healthy habits. And I for sure experienced this. Like when I got sick, it didn't matter how much motivation I had. I literally could not get out of bed. And then when I was feeling better enough, like right now, I don't know if you could hear it in my voice. My sinuses are still a little bit stuffed. I'm really sorry that I've sounded a little nasally for the past couple of episodes, but when you're not feeling great, even now that I'm like more functional, a lot of my motivation is gone. And I think it's really important to talk about this because the truth is motivation comes and goes. This is always going to be the case. Nobody is motivated all the time. It really is a state of mind, just like any other emotion or feeling. You're not happy all the time. We're not sad all the time. It comes, it goes, it passes. And I think it's really important to know that when it comes, it's awesome. And you can start using that energy and motivation to set up systems and get them in place. I was actually just talking about this with a client today who was saying she's like really on a high, feeling super motivated. She's like, I really think it comes out in my cycle when I'm ovulating, like I feel more motivation. And that's the time that I'll call up my personal trainer and I'll schedule sessions or I'll put different things into my calendar. Like I'll do my meal planning for the week. And she basically makes these decisions when she's feeling super motivated so that she could follow through with them when she's not super motivated which I think is so smart. And I love that. But sometimes we can't even get started with that in the first place because there's no motivation there. So if you're struggling with motivation, that's what we're going to talk about in this episode, basically how to motivate yourself to even get to that place where you're like, okay, I want to start thinking about the ways that I can change my health. I want to start putting things into place and setting goals and just get that boost that you need to get started. So we're going to talk about a few ways to bump up your motivation and in order to do that, we need to talk about where motivation comes from, because there are really two things that motivate us. If you have motivation to change what you're doing, it's usually either because you are inspired to create a more positive result or because you have a fear of a negative result. So let me give you an example of what I mean by that. If you are just, you know, feeling generally good, but you're like, I could be feeling even better. Maybe you listen to a podcast or you saw some story of someone on Instagram who changed their health habits and they're talking about how they have so much more energy and they feel great and they have this beautiful meal prep situation going on in their kitchen. You're like, oh, that would be so awesome. How nice would it be to feel more organized about my health or, you know, just feel like I'm in a better place with it or just knowing that I'm going into the future, taking care of my health, that would be so great. So that's an example of being inspired for something good. The truth is most of us don't do that. And I know it's really nice to stay in that positive energy vibe, but the reason that most people feel motivated to change is because they fear something negative. And I see this when I work with people all the time. I've probably had like maybe three or four clients over the past three or four years who have said to me, you know, I, I feel great. Everything is fine. I just want to get better. I want to be better at taking care of my health. I want to be more organized. I want to learn more. It's very few and far between the vast majority of women that I work with come to me because they are either not feeling good. They're already in that negative space where they're like, I don't feel well. I have inflammation in my body. My periods are irregular. I'm struggling to get pregnant and I can't stay in this spot. Like the motivation is coming because they don't want to remain in a bad place or they're afraid of, you know, continuing that journey where they're not taking care of their health. And that really is more motivating for most people. So it's not everybody, but I do think it's important to recognize where your motivation comes from. And I know for me personally, fear is my biggest motivator. It just is. I wish I was just motivated from a positive place, but I'm really not. And 
I, if you've not listened to my full story, you could go back to episode one where I talk about my whole health journey, but I would never be in this place if I had not struggled to get pregnant. And I had had a lot of conversations with my family actually, because many people in my family struggle with diabetes and there have been people, very well-meaning people who just kind of gave me like a, you know, Lauren, you got to be careful. You eat a lot of sugar. We have a lot of genetics in our family that could lead to diabetes. And I was just like, well, I don't care. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. That was my response to them. Like I just had no motivation to change the way that I was eating whatsoever because to me, it just was so not fun. It was so inconvenient. Like we'd go out as a family for pizza or for ice cream and certain people would feel like they couldn't have those things. And I was like, who who wants to be like that? And all those girls were drinking green smoothies and eating kale salads. Like obviously someone made them feel really bad. They're just lying to everyone. It's some kind of weird like inferiority complex that they're promoting this. And I just had zero motivation whatsoever to make a change until all of a sudden I couldn't get pregnant. I learned that it was connected to diet. I learned that there were things I could do within my diet to change that. And it wasn't just the fear of, I won't be a mom or I won't get pregnant. But I think for me, fertility treatments, like starting that whole process or at least getting the explanation to start that whole process really, really scared me. And I'm just sharing my personal experience here because I know a lot of people go through them whether they want to or not, but I'm really, really petrified of needles. And when they started showing me the needles, I like, I don't even know how to explain. I I had like an out-of-body experience. I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't hear anything that the nurses were saying when I heard about, you know, there's this natural alternative, you could try changing your diet. I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this because I'm going to have to make such a massive lifestyle change. Like I really, really don't eat healthy, but I'm so scared of having to go down that road with fertility treatments. And I'm so scared of going through it and it not working that I was just willing to try. And that really lit a fire under my butt and made me really, really motivated to make changes. Um, I know also for myself, when it came to giving birth, like the whole reason I was super motivated to try and have a natural birth is because I'm also petrified of needles and it wasn't so much the needle for the epidural that scared me, but you need to get an IV either in like the crease of your elbow or your hand. And I was just like, there's no way that I'm doing that. So it's not that I was super motivated, motivated to have this like beautiful natural birth. That's really crunchy. Like That is so not my vibe. I have a super, super low pain tolerance. I would say also the fact that I've had two natural births is, if you know me, it's very, very off brand. I know people who maybe follow me and see that like, you know, I've started this whole healthy lifestyle and you see me as the nutrition coach on Instagram or here on the podcast. Maybe you don't think it's off brand, but people who know me in real life are like, are you kidding? You cry from a paper cut or like I'll stub my toe and be out of commission for days. And it's just, it's funny to everyone in my family that I had natural births because I was like, well, I can't, I can't get the needle in my arm. That's just not happening. So that really motivated me to learn hypnobirthing and try to have a natural birth, which ended up being a great experience for me. But again, the motivation for me was me being afraid of a negative outcome. And I think it's really important to get clear on where your motivation comes from. I'm a really big fan of journaling to get clear on this. In fact, I have a journal for all of my one-on-one clients when they start their journey, I really want them to get clear on why they are trying to make changes for their health. Um, We're also, we're actually in the process of creating the journal for anyone who takes Balance Your Hormones 101, because I do feel like it's such a helpful tool when you're trying to get clear on how to stay consistent with making these changes. Things are going to come up that are hard. 
There are going to be obstacles. There's going to be resistance. And you need to be able to really, really clearly tap in to why you're doing this. So for me, my main motivation is going to be that I want to continue to build my family. I want to support my fertility. Thank God. I'm so grateful. I have my two beautiful children, but I do hope to have more in the future. And so when I'm faced with challenges or it feels annoying or I'm not in the mood, I tap back into that energy of like, this is really important for me, not only to become a mom and have more kids. I think also just having experienced the last couple of years living in a really healthy body versus a body that I wasn't taking care of. I feel motivation to continue to take care of myself because without doing so, I don't feel like I'm the best version of myself. I'm not the best version of my kid's mom. I'm not the best version of my husband's wife. Like I really don't show up for the people in my life properly when I don't take care of myself. And so it's very easy for me to tap into that energy when I'm not motivated, but still get myself to do the healthy things like the meal prep, the exercise, go to bed early, whatever the thing is, because I'm very clear on why I'm doing it. So I want you to do this. You don't need to have a fancy journal to do it. But if you're thinking about, okay, I really wish I was taking better care of my health, but I don't have the motivation, I would sit down with a piece of paper or a notebook and just answer certain questions. Like what would life look like if you were taking better care of your health and get as specific and detailed as possible, really paint the picture and don't be afraid to write things that feel so outlandish or so out of line with reality. I mean, I could tell you like a few years ago, me imagining the life that I live now would be crazy. The fact that I am my own boss and run my own practice and have my own schedule, which enables me to work out every morning and do meal prep every week. Like that was not what my life looked like a few years ago. I was working as a teacher. I was exhausted all the time. Everybody knows teachers work really, really hard. I didn't feel like I had a lot of extra energy. Um, I couldn't picture myself meal prepping or like being a mom or doing this, or I couldn't picture any of it. But I remember writing down really clearly at the beginning of my health journey, I'm someone who has a lot of extra energy and that's going to change the way that I show up for my husband and my friends. Like I was always that person that was just too tired to go out. You know, those memes that are like, you know, you make plans with a friend and then you're so happy when they cancel or like my face when someone cancels on me, it's so, it's such a relief. That was me. I always wanted in my heart to like get together with people and do fun things, but I was like, I just don't have the energy to do it. Also, my husband is really into traveling and he's honestly someone who pushes me more to get out of the house and do fun things. He loves to go to the beach and like just do stuff. And I could be sitting on the couch all day. Like that's my natural state. And I felt like I always say no to everything because I have no energy. But if I was taking better care of myself, I would say yes to more things. So I'd have these richer experiences. My day-to-day -day life would be so much easier. I wouldn't feel exhausted all the time. I wouldn't feel like, you know, I, I can't do any of these things that I want to do because I'm so tired or I have a stomach ache or whatever. I wrote a lot in detail about what it would be like to be pregnant and be a mother um, because that was, again, a really big part of my motivation. So I would really encourage you, like, just write. You could pause the podcast right now, but write out everything that comes to mind of what life would look like if you were taking better care of your health. And then I want you after that to write what will happen if you don't make any changes. If you continue down the path that you're on now, if you are someone who really prioritizes convenience over eating healthy food, not a bad thing. I'm not judging you, but let's say that's your main priority is it has to be convenient. 
it has to be easy. I don't want to take the time and effort and energy to make healthier choices. Okay, well, what's going to happen if you continue on that path? And I want you to think what's going to happen over the next few weeks, few months, few years, because the truth is, especially as we get older, it is a lot harder on our bodies when we don't take care of our health. And I don't want to say it's ever too late because it's not. There are so many amazing stories of people who start taking care of their health later in life and have these amazing stories and health journeys. But especially as you get older and life gets crazier, you know, you have more kids, things change within your family dynamics, then you're dealing with aging parents. Like I just see that it doesn't get easier to change your health habits as you get older and it can be a lot harder on your body. So I think a lot of people have experienced this, you know, maybe when they're a teenager, they're like, I could eat whatever I want and I don't have stomach aches or my metabolism hasn't really, you know, slowed down yet. And then as they hit their late twenties, thirties and forties, it becomes a much greater drain on your body when you're not taking care of your health. So I know this is true for me also, although I was pretty active as a kid because I did ballet really seriously. I was dancing like three or four times a week, but I know now that if I skip doing yoga for a couple of days, like I feel tight. My body feels very uncomfortable. My back will hurt a little bit. I'm sure a lot of it also has to do with the way that I carry my kids around and just like I slump over the computer. But I really see that when I don't take care of myself, it doesn't lead me to feeling good. And that's just in the short term. But when we think about the long term, when you think about, you know, how you're going to be when you're 60, 70, 80, I know I picture my grandparents all the time when I'm thinking about how to stay motivated for long term health. Because I have some grandparents who were in really good shape towards the end of their lives. And I have some grandparents who are really not in great shape. And if you have a similar experience, you really just see that like people who have taken care of themselves for a long time, you obviously can't control everything, but the last couple of decades of your life can look so vastly different. And it could be such a different kind of cost of living if you need full-time care it's a completely different level of independence. Like we have grandparents who are able to just do everything themselves, go to the bathroom and cook and drive and go out and see their grandkids and great grandkids. And we have other grandparents who literally cannot do anything by themselves. And that is something that I think about a lot in terms of my own personal motivation. That really also like that just lights the fire under me to say, okay, I'm not really in the mood to exercise right now, but I know that if I am doing my squats today, that's going to set me up in the future to be able to go to the bathroom by myself. Like I literally tell myself that, and that might sound super weird, but it really is very important to be making sure that you're taking care of your body today so that it will be in a much healthier place in the future. If you're someone right now who is struggling with fertility issues or a thyroid issue and you feel lethargic or you feel like your cycle is very irregular, those are also warning signs that things are not working properly in your body and it is important to consider what's going to happen as you get older in the future. What are those health implications? Part of the way that I think about this is if I'm not taking care of my health today, what path am I setting myself up for? And I know that people like to talk about health at every size today. That's becoming a really popular way to promote body positivity, which I hear and I appreciate that piece of it. But I like to talk about disease at every size because the truth is if you just look around statistically, so many people in our modern day and age are sick, especially as people age when they hit their 50s, their 60s, their 70s. The rates at which people are getting diagnosed with chronic illnesses 
the rate at which people are being given different kinds of drugs to manage these different issues like diabetes, heart disease, um, cancer, also mental health struggles, the rates of depression and anxiety are through the roof. It's really not normal. And when you just look around, even at, you know, younger ages, because a lot of those things are coming up for people in their, in their fifties in their sixties and their seventies. But even if you look at younger women, right, when we're in our twenties and thirties, we should be in the prime of our health. And you see so many people struggling to get pregnant, struggling with irregular periods, struggling with thyroid disorders, and it's just not normal. And I know for myself, that is actually very motivating for me. It's really motivating to think, you know, our current run-of-the-mill standard American sort of style diet is not setting us up for success. It is actually setting us up for a disease. And that motivates me. I don't want to go down that path. I really want to be working harder to carve out my own path that is going to lead me towards more optimal health. And so I think getting really crystal clear on the vision of what will happen if you do make changes in your habits versus if you stay in the same exact place, it's so important to get clear on that vision. Because the truth is, the reason that many of us stay with the current habits that we're doing, even if they don't serve us, is because we like to be with the familiar. It's much easier for our body to stay with habits that are not serving us when they are familiar, as opposed to making the efforts to make a change, even if you know that change will end up making you feel so much better. So let's say, for example, if you are eating foods that really don't make your body feel good, but you're just used to it, you're in the flow of doing that, that's your normal to think about making changes in your diet. It's so scary and it's really overwhelming and it feels like such a monumentous change that you might rather stay in the same place that leaves you feeling bad as opposed to taking the effort and taking the leap and making changes that make you feel good. And I'm just going to assume if you're listening to this podcast, you really do want to make a change in your health. You're not here to just continue doing the same things, but you want to learn and you want to apply what you're learning to actually help you feel better. So I want to share tips around how you can kind of get yourself into motion and get yourself to be filled up with that motivation, at least in the beginning, because long-term, you don't really need to be motivated all the time. I'm not motivated to work out every day. I'm not motivated to cook and do meal prep and plan out my meals. Like I don't find it super exciting or super fun. I have little tips and tricks I do that help make it less boring or less of a burden. But at the end of the day, you don't need to be motivated to do the things that make you feel good once you've developed a really good habit around them. Most mornings I wake up, I get dressed, I put on leggings, I put on sneakers. I know that I'm gonna move my body and it's not really a decision. It's the same thing for me as brushing my teeth. Like I just do it whether I'm motivated to or not. And I do think that if you look at people who have a long-term consistent healthy lifestyle, they're not really focused on being motivated all the time. They're focused on developing really strong habits. I also wrote a whole episode on how to develop healthy habits. I think it's episode four. I'll link it in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to that. But before you get to that place, we do need to start with the motivation. So tip number one is get in motion. And it could be with the smallest little thing, but objects that are in motion stay in motion. And maybe you've experienced this before. If you're having a day where you just feel so bleh and you're sitting on the couch and you're on your phone and you're like, I have 900 things to do. I need to do my laundry or I need to go to the supermarket or I need to do work, but you're just like, I can't get up. It's so hard. 
And once you do it, once you force yourself to get up, you're like, okay, I'm up. And then you start moving your way through your to-do list. And that really is something that I think it's just getting up, taking that first step can be the hardest part. But once you get started and you're in it, it becomes easier. And there's actually this snowball effect that every time you do, you know, one more healthy habit, one more thing, you're like, okay, great. I did this. You get a little dopamine hit for doing the thing that you said you were going to do. And then you can move on to the next thing. And I find for myself, sometimes the days that I'm the busiest or I have the most things to do, I get the most done. But when it's a day that feels like there's a lot of empty space, I haven't really planned it out. I don't have so many time constraints. It could take me like two hours to get myself onto the yoga mat because I'm just like walking around my apartment, getting distracted by different things. I'm like, yeah, I have time. I'll do it eventually. And I end up procrastinating a lot more. Whereas on the days where I'm like, okay, I know I have a call at 10 a.m. I want my workout to be done way before that. I want to shower and get dressed after. Those are the days where I'm like in motion, going through the things, doing it well. So find something small that you could get yourself up and doing. Like the smallest thing, make a hard boiled egg and call it meal prep. Fill up your water bottle, put on your sneakers, get up off the couch and do two minutes of jumping jacks, but get yourself in motion. And once you do that, it's gonna be a lot easier to stay in motion. Also, when you give yourself a small win, that's really motivating. So when you tell yourself, hey, I'm going to do this whole healthy lifestyle change and I'm going to clean out my fridge and organize it and do the meal prep and do all of the things at once. And then you don't do that because it's such a big step. You're basically telling yourself, I'm not really going to stick to any of this. I'm not really the kind of person who upholds what I say I'm going to do. And then you act in accordance with that. But if you tell yourself, I am going to go to the supermarket and buy two new vegetables that I don't usually get, or I'm going to really make sure that I don't skip breakfast three days this week. I'm going to make sure that I have breakfast on Monday and Wednesday and Friday. And you stick to that. You will get a dopamine hit when you complete those things. And another way to really help keep up the motivation and keep up those good vibes is reward yourself when you do it and make it fun. If there are different ways that you can pump yourself up to do it, go for it. Like I know, let's say for me, it's much more motivating for me to work out when I have cute workout clothes. Or if I have to plan out my meals, I shared this on my Instagram the other day. I have this really pretty notepad that has all the days of the week. And I use that to just plan out my dinners because I hate planning out dinner for myself, even though I help a lot of people do it. And I feel like I should be better at it because I kind of do it professionally. But when it comes to my own family, I'm just like, oh, I don't want to plan out dinner. I have zero motivation to do it. It's so annoying. But having this really pretty little notepad, I have really good pens. That's like part of it. I don't know. It's just better vibes. I'll light a scented candle. I'll put on music. By the way, speaking of music, okay, here's another tip. I Pavlov myself all the time to do things that I don't want to do, but it motivates me. So let me explain what that means. If you took a psych class, you know about the Pavlov and the dogs, where basically there was this scientist who was trying to study behavior and cues and habits and different things around like why humans will do certain activities. And basically what he did was he had this group of dogs and he would ring a bell and then give them food and see that they would salivate. And he did this over and over and over. And then eventually the dogs would salivate when they heard the bell. They didn't even need to see food, but the bell became a cue 
of, oh, food is coming. And that would kind of jumpstart their cravings. And so many people have things like this where, you know, maybe you walk into the kitchen when you get home and you instantly have a sweet craving. Or if your boss usually brings sweets to a work meeting, maybe you sit in the conference room and you all of a sudden get those cravings because our environment or different cues that we associate with certain stimuli that can become a reward loop or a, a habit loop in the brain. And it really changes the way that we're motivated or the way that we crave different things. So what I do, I'll give you an example, is let's say for work, I try to sit down every morning and plan out what I'm going to do for the day in a very organized way. I think this is really important when you work for yourself, you need to be organized and figure out a schedule and a way of planning that's going to make sense for you. And I have this Spotify playlist called my morning jams. And even if I'm really not motivated to do it, I'll see sometimes that I'm just procrastinating. I'll be on my phone. I'll be like, whatever, just doing things I don't need to be doing. But I'll turn on that playlist and all of a sudden my brain snaps into this mode of you have to go sit with the planner and plan out what you're doing and just get to work. And it's like, my brain could be in a totally different state. But then when I hear the song, I've done that so many times. So that song cues me up to be motivated to get my work done. And I'll do this also, let's say with meal prep. I have certain songs or certain shows that I watch that like really have associated my brain to do the things. I know that when it comes to exercising, the most motivating classes for me are the ones that have really good music that are good throwbacks. Like I just did this Kelly Clarkson class on Peloton and I saved, I have it coming up, the, this um, Jonas Brothers workout class on Peloton because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's such good music. It's such a good throwback. It's a good vibe. And when you have that good energy around you, it really makes you feel motivated to do it. So I'm not super excited to use my heavy weights and do a 30 minute arms and upper body class. It's not that, but I'm like, oh, I'm so down to listen to the Jonas Brothers, which I haven't heard in like 12 years. So finding the different things that raise up your energy or raise up the vibe and get you into that like good, happy state to do it is so worth it whether it's something as simple as turning on a good song or if it's, you know, maybe investing and buying yourself some new workout clothes or getting yourself new, really nice meal prep containers, find where it works for your budget, but really, really take the time to create that good energy around whatever the habit is that you want to pursue. Once you get started, it's also really important to continue setting new goals because we habituate. Meaning when we are exposed to the same stimulus time and again, we start to ignore it. And let's say you're super motivated to start doing meditation. You're like, I'm going to become this nice, zen, happier, more calm version of myself. And you're doing this five-minute meditation every day. Okay, maybe if you do that for two weeks, you're like, I'm, I can't believe I'm doing this. And I feel so great about myself. And then that feeling starts to wear off. So you need to set new challenges. And maybe you start saying, okay, I'm going to do 10 minutes of meditation, or you're going to try out a different style of meditation. Same thing with working out. Same thing if you're like, I'm eating a healthy breakfast every day. At some point, you have to raise the bar and raise the challenge because that keeps it interesting. That keeps it fresh. And that keeps it really exciting for us. Another way that you can continue to motivate yourself is to find mentors or surround yourself with people who share similar goals. And one thing that I find can be really helpful, but you have to do it carefully, is consume motivating or inspirational content. Now, the reason you have to be careful about this is because especially in our world, when it comes to social media, there's so much content out there about health. 
and nutrition and wellness. And you have to really make sure that you're following the right people. When I say the right people, I mean, right for you. And you need to make sure that you're consuming information that feels in alignment with what you're doing. Because I've had so many clients send me stuff that they've seen on Instagram, like a reel will come up on their discover page. And they'll be like, wait, is this true? This is the opposite of what we've spoken about. I don't understand this. Like they're saying, you know, you should be a vegan or all these things. And I'm like, "Mm, okay, we're not going to get into the whole plant-based versus animal-based protein on this podcast. Maybe that's another episode, but a lot of times they'll be consuming content being like, I feel so good about what I'm doing. Now I'm seeing something else and it just feels very overwhelming or it feels Like it's totally contrary to what I'm doing and it throws them off. That does not make them feel motivated. Or sometimes you could be consuming content where someone expresses or explains something in a certain way where you're like, ooh, I love that. That makes a lot of sense to me. That feels like a really easy habit that I can adopt. I know that for me, I really like scientific-based information. So when people share when people share information on Instagram, but they talk about the studies behind it, or they explain the different biological mechanisms behind it, that is so much more motivating to me than just like some influencer who talks about the habits that they do every day. I don't know. That's just whatever. That's not super motivating to me. Or if there's someone that I really like and I really trust, and they do share a lot of the science, but once in a while they'll share their daily habits. Sometimes that'll be inspirational, but it's really just figuring out what kind of content keeps you feeling motivated. And part of this comes with consuming mindfully. So I know most of us do not consume media mindfully, especially social media, but let's say you see a reel of someone who's doing this like beautiful, perfectly organized fridge. I don't know if you've ever seen people do these crazy color-coded refrigerator makeovers or like these ASMR help me meal prep and put everything away in my fridge. And like they put their milk in these glass acrylic milk containers or whatever. People do crazy things. And I watch those and I feel like I'm drowning. I'm like, my house will never look like that. There's no way I'll ever be able to do that. These people obviously don't live with anyone else or have so much time on their hands. And I realize that content is not motivating to me. It actually makes me feel like I'll never be able to meal prep so beautifully. So what's the point of even trying? Whereas there are other people who I feel like share in a really realistic way. Um, Honestly, it's really important for me to see a lot of also what like moms are doing because I find let's say guys who are single and don't have any responsibility outside of their job, when they talk about their morning routines or the way that they prepare their meals, I'm like, my life is so different than yours. You're not being woken up at 2 and 4 a.m. by your crazy kids. Like, I can't relate to the way that you talk about setting up your healthy habits because you're so different from me. And the way that you do it, it sounds so amazing and so perfect, but like, I will be able to do that because of my lifestyle So I unfollow those things that do not motivate me. And I really lean into the content of people who do motivate me. And there's a way to do this also on Instagram where you could star different people's profiles. And those are the ones that really come up on your page. Those are the people whose stories that you'll see. And I think it's just a really great way to keep up the motivation. In general, I would say most of my motivation does not come from Instagram or social media. I do find that podcasts can be really inspirational. I hope this one is for you. I'm going to assume if you're listening that you like it or sometimes YouTube, you could look up just like amazing, really inspirational stuff on YouTube. If you need a boost, there are these videos of older people who are in really great shape. And I find that so motivating. I told you, I think about my grandparents a lot, but I saw this video recently of this 93 year old woman who's outside and she's walking with her daughter. Who's like in her seventies. 
And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's going to be me and Ed's in one day. We're going to be walking around town. We're going to go walk to get our coffees. And I'm just going to be really strong and not in a wheelchair. And like, that was just so, so motivating to me. I know also for me personally, and obviously this might be different for you if you're not in health and wellness as a profession, but I read a lot of books about nutrition or I'll take additional courses about nutrition because I find that that's really motivating for me as well. And I'll take courses specific to things that are coming up for my clients, things that are coming up for me. Um, I actually just took an amazing course on like a very specific pathway of estrogen detoxification. And it was like very helpful for me to understand it on a deeper level and in a way that I hadn't really heard it expressed before. So I find that that's really motivating for me. I also find honestly, my clients and their stories are super motivating for me. I do think just real stories of women who take ownership of their health are really motivating. So you could find that in so many different places. Um, a lot of people who are just successful in the world who have written biographies or memoirs, they also take really good care of their health. I find that a lot of people who take care of their physical health are able to do these other really amazing feats. And so sometimes it's just seeking out those kinds of stories and looking at people who inspire you and seeing the way that they take care of your health. And that could be really motivating when you see someone that you're like, I want to be like her. She, you know, seems to be, she's really got it together and she's happy and she feels calm and she's not super reactive and she doesn't seem like her life is a total mess, you know? Maybe she's also taking the time to really take care of herself and self-care is something that she prioritizes. And if that's something that you can use as motivation, not to fuel you with envy, not to play the comparison game, but when you're able to lean into it or surround yourself with people who have similar goals or not just goals, but values, other people who value putting healthy foods in their body, not from a diet culture place, but really just want to take care of themselves. That can be super, super motivating. When you get on this track where you've made those small changes, you're getting yourself up, you're getting into motion, you're listening to media or consuming books or courses or things like that, that really motivate you. I want you to also write down how it feels when you take care of yourself. You could do this with a pen and paper, or you could do it with a text. Sometimes I'll WhatsApp myself, or I'll even send myself voice notes. And usually I've gotten to this place where I do have a nice voice when I talk to myself, but sometimes I'll leave myself a voice note like, Lauren, don't be an idiot and scroll on your phone until 11 PM tonight. You did that last night and you're a monster today and you want to throw your kids out the window. But a few nights ago, when you went to bed at 930, you were an angel and you felt amazing and you were so happy. And sometimes like I'm the only person who can talk sense into myself. So I will literally leave myself voice notes. I don't even think it's weird at this point. I talk to myself all the time. And that's really motivational for me is to tap in to when I feel good and when I don't feel good. And the truth is once you get in the groove of doing it, your body will keep you accountable and keep you motivated. So I know that there are times where I would actually prefer to make a less healthy choice. Maybe I'd rather sleep in and skip my workout, or I'd rather eat the food that's more convenient and my body doesn't like it. And it screams at me. And that is really motivating because it doesn't feel good to me when I have a stomach ache or when my body feels super tight or my back hurts. So a lot of that is what keeps me trying to eat healthy and trying to move my body regularly. Another way that you can motivate yourself is by changing up your physical environment. So if you've ever noticed that there are certain places where you're just like feeling the vibe around you, it's very motivating. This can happen, let's say with uh, fitness in a gym or in a certain kind of studio class. 
I know that I love working out from home because it's so easy and there's a lot less resistance for me to work out at home. I think if I was trying to work out outside of my house, it would be really hard for me to do it every single day. But sometimes I will go to yoga classes outside of my house and when they're in a really beautiful studio where it's like a really calming environment and I love the teacher and there's really good music, that is so motivating to me. I know also, let's say for work, before my family moved into our current apartment, I was working from my kitchen table or my bedroom. Like I didn't have a real workspace. And now in our newer apartment, we have a home office and I really set up the physical environment where I have like my beautiful desk and my plants and my post-it notes and my bulletin board with all these inspirational things around me. And I just come in here. And again, my brain is like ready to get to work. Your physical environment can really change the way that you feel motivated so that you also kind of just like Pavlov yourself into going into a certain place and being like, okay, this is where I step it up. This is where I show up as the best version of myself. When it comes to your kitchen, I find this can also be a really, really big source of motivation. When you open up your fridge and you see beautifully cut up fruits and veggies, or you have done a little bit of the meal prep, maybe it's something simple. You made hard boiled eggs, you made grilled chicken or salmon, like you just have some protein that you made in advance, or you took the time to make one salad, whatever the thing is, that's so motivating when you open it up and see like, wow, I cared enough to make myself a good lunch. That's so motivating that you want to keep up with it. You want to keep getting in that streak. Another tip for helping you build motivation is picking a start date, not just saying, okay, I'm listening to this. I want to get healthier and I'm going to figure out sometime at some point it's going to happen, but be really intentional and build up the anticipation. So maybe you're going to do this around um, the start of the month or the start of the week. And you say, okay, Monday, I'm going to be really intentional this week about having a healthy lunch every single day, or maybe it's the beginning of the month. That's why a lot of people put so much energy into the new year. You also don't have to wait that long. Maybe you're waiting for a couple of days after the weekend when you could do your grocery shopping. Maybe you're waiting for balance your hormones to open up and you're like, March 10th, that's when I'm getting serious and I'm you know, going to be learning all of these new things and I'm going to put it into practice and that's when I'm going to start making these lifestyle changes and working on the habits. But build up that anticipation because we actually do really well with that as humans when we're not just kind of passively trying to change our habits. If we want to be motivated and start doing something new, it needs to be top of mind. So put it on the calendar, have a start date and really commit to it. Another thing that can help you commit is get some skin in the game, invest in it, um, get something new that's going to change the way that you're approaching this habit. So again, another one I love to do this is get new workout clothes. Cause that's like my vice. And if I ever feel like I need to do a little bit of retail therapy, it's to get workout clothes, even though no one ever sees them. I work out alone in my home. It's like really something just for me that I love. I love having cute exercise clothes. And when I buy them, I'm like, okay, well, I better wear them now because I just spent a whole bunch of money on it. Maybe it's getting a new app. This is not sponsored, but you guys know if you follow me on Instagram, I'm obsessed with Peloton. It's such a good app. They have so many classes. Maybe you sign up for the trial and you're like, okay, I've got to use it a certain number of times before my free trial ends. Or maybe you start paying for it right away because sometimes when we invest in it, that makes us show up when you have some skin in the game. When you invest in a coach, when you invest in a nutrition program, you know, you're going to feel like you need to show up. And sometimes that in and of itself can be really motivating. I also want you to have a plan in place for when things get difficult and the motivation starts weaning. 
So you can do this also by writing it down. You could have it in reminders on your phone to pop up. I do that all the time also. That's like another trick for when I'm trying to commit to something hard. I'll have something in my phone just pop up that says I could do hard things. And it will come up like 20 times a day on my phone. And I find it so motivating of, you know, let's say I'm working on something really hard with work or sometimes just being a mom of a toddler and a baby feels really, really hard. And I'll have this thing that pops up on my phone that just says, I can do hard things. So when there's that little voice in my head, just being like, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I have this reminder. No, I can. I can do hard things. And if you're looking for more examples of this, do whatever speaks to you. But some others that really help me when I feel like things are getting difficult are, I'm not in the mood to do this, but I could do it anyways. I will be so proud of myself for sticking to the promises that I set for myself, especially because I'm not in the mood to do it. I know when I was in the beginning of January, I was really sticking to the Wim Hof method breathing and the cold showers. I haven't gotten back on track with it yet because my sinuses are still blocked up. But every single morning when I had to get into that cold shower, I was like, I do not want to do this. I've never been less in the mood to do something in my life. And I would just be like, okay, Lauren, you're not in the mood. You don't want to do this. And you're going to do it anyways. And whether or not you're into doing the cold showers, I do think the practice of having some kind of difficult challenge where you have to go through that thought process, this is really hard and I'm going to do it anyways, is very, very, very powerful. I think a lot of people can experience that uh, through fitness. I think I experience it a lot through work. I'm constantly challenging myself in work. Let's say with starting this podcast, there were a bunch of bumps in the road where I thought, you know, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I'm not in the mood to do X, Y, and Z. And I tell myself, okay, those things are totally valid and we're still going to do it. We're going to do it anyways. And as you do that time and again, you start to build up this self-confidence and this identity that you are a person who does hard things. You are a person who does it even when you're not motivated to do it. And at the end of the day, that's really the place that we need to get to when it comes to taking care of our health. We can't be waiting for motivation to strike in order to take care of ourselves because I'm sorry, most of us are not feeling motivated on a day-to-day basis and we need to be taking care of ourselves on a day-to-day basis. So it's not really about the motivation. It's about figuring out how you can maintain the momentum of doing the things that make you feel really good, whether you're feeling motivated or not. And know that, listen, when you're feeling really unmotivated, that's a phase that will pass. The motivation will come back, especially if you go through a time period where things are really hard. You know, maybe you um, are just getting really bad sleep like me because your kids are gremlins, or maybe you are pregnant and the first trimester has been so rough and you're like, I have zero motivation to ever eat anything healthy. All I could eat are carbs and fried cheese and things like that. It will pass. You will get to another place, especially if, if you're in some kind of, you know, temporary life phase that will pass. The motivation will come back. The question is, can you generate it internally? Because there will also be external things that bring about motivation. Maybe you'll happen to see something on social media or you'll hear someone's story that motivates you. But when you're able to generate your own internal motivation, that can be so powerful because you'll know how to tap into it, whether it's coming externally or not. I know one other thing that can really help this is a great exercise that I'll do sometimes is I want you to think of somebody that you love so much. 
and try to pick someone that you have a really uncomplicated relationship with. So maybe it's not your kids, maybe it's not your husband, because there could be like a lot of charge around those relationships, but maybe it's like a niece or a nephew or your best friend. And I want you to just think, how would you want them to take care of themselves? Someone who you're just like, oh, they're the best. They're the best person. And I want everything good and happy for them. And really think, how would you want them to take care of themselves? Would you want them staying up late and scrolling on their phones? Would you want them to be eating junk food that makes them feel sick later? You probably wouldn't. You probably would want for them to be able to feel vibrant and energetic. And sometimes it's easier for us to feel that kind of energy or motivation for someone else. But once you get that feeling in your body, I know this sounds a little woo-woo, but like get to that vibration in your body where you're feeling about how you love someone else so much and you just want them to feel good and you want them to have all the energy and all the resources to take care of themselves and then start to translate that energy and turn it back to yourself. And really, even if it's hard for you to think, oh, I love myself so much, if that just feels far away from where you're at, that's totally okay. So use someone else to kind of generate that energy, but bring it to yourself and really think, how would I take care of myself if I loved myself so much? At the end of the day, you are the one who's waking up in your body and you are the one going to sleep in your body. And nobody else can be responsible for that motivation or for your choices to take care of your body. So it's really worthwhile since we get one body in this lifetime for you to find a way to feel motivated to take care of it. I hope this episode was part of helping you do that. And I want to remind you, if you're looking for some more support, some more content that will be really motivating for you to take care of your body, then in just a couple of weeks, Balance Your Hormones 101, my signature four-week program is reopening. I've been completely revamping the program since I've last given it because I just feel like as I've changed and elevated in my career and the way that I work with people... I really wanted the program to match the way that I feel now. So there's so many new features. There's a lot of different ways that I'm explaining and giving over the information. It's honestly just more jam-packed with more resources and more recipes and more information. And it's easier to digest content. I'm so excited about it. And if you feel like that is something that will help you stay motivated to have support from me, to have a community of women who are going through the same thing and trying to make changes for the better then I don't want you to miss out. You can sign up for my newsletter, clicking the link in the show notes in order to get more information about it. And whether you choose to do that or not, I hope that you found something in this episode that will make you feel really motivated to take care of your health. And I just ask you if it did motivate you, please share this out. Please share this episode with a friend or in a WhatsApp group with your friends that you love, with your mom, with your sister, because I think all of us could use more motivation to take care of our health. And with that, I wish you all health and happiness wherever you are. And if you got some inspiration from this and started making any changes, tell me because I love to hear from you. I love your feedback always. So thank you for listening and I'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you so much for listening to the About Health and Hormones podcast. If you loved today's episode, I would love to know. Please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so I can make this podcast even better for you all. I would love to connect with you. Follow me on Instagram at Lauren Allen Nutrition or head to my website, www.laurenallennutrition.com to learn about my coaching programs and stay up to date on all of my latest workshops and courses. I am so glad you are here today and I wish you all health and happiness.